Hello and welcome to the Masters Swimming Podcast, available on all the major podcast platforms and on YouTube. I'm Joe Malone and joining me for another Through the Water With is Gina Hain, a multiple Hi. British record holder, a European record holder and formerly a world record holder, I believe, as well as part of a relay team. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Gina. Hello. I, I um I actually don't know if we still have world records. I haven't actually checked. But yeah, I was having a look through. And, and quite a few. I do remember. I do sure. remember you breaking. I do remember you breaking them, but um, yeah. must admit I couldn't find them. So, but I might be wrong. And uh, and yeah, we'll have to establish that. But, yeah. uh, but no, how are you doing anyway? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Thanks. Good. Good. Um, so you, you you swim for you swim for Teddington, don't you? And you currently yes. compete in the thirty five to thirty nine age group. That's yes. correct. Yeah. Yeah. This is my last year in that age category. Brilliant. So I was looking through the records and you you currently hold five British records in the 30 to 34, another five in your current, and you also yeah. still have a European record in the 200 breaststroke, I believe, from the 30 to 34. That is, yes. that is one hell of an achievement, by the way. Yeah, I mean, um, when I moved up age groups, it was the plan was to break world records. So I kind of and I was I had my eye on as many British records as I could in that age in my new age group um it hasn't quite happened um I hope I wanted to get like the sprint freestyles and the sprint flies and the sprint breaststrokes um and I'm close on like 400 IM it hasn't quite happened so um yeah it's it's still it's still a good achievement but I kind of had higher hopes for this age category yeah I mean it, it is one hell of an achievement and amazing that you mentioned it's for like various different strokes at various different distances as well yeah i mean i try and i try and do everything obviously for decathlon um and i try and break records in three out of the four strokes um so yeah i try and kind of keep everything a bit of variety there yeah looks like breaststroke is is your best stroke i mean t- certainly in terms of yeah. your records would you would you agree with that yeah i mean that's when i was young when i was starting out with swimming that was always my stroke um, I sort of qualified for all the different levels of competitions in breaststroke first. Um, but then due to like knee injuries and things, I switched to sprint freestyle. Um, but also like I, I could qualify at na- for nationals on fly and backstroke as well. So I just from a young age, I always tried to do everything. Um, and like with Masters Decathlon, it's it always encourages you, you to do everything um so yeah no that sounds really good and the, and the decathlon itself is that something you sort of go for every year is it yeah I mean Turnington we've won it um I think for the last four or five years our team our women's team has won it every single year I always come second Jane Asher um <laughs> I'm kind of like I'm happy with that so but yeah it just it we always kind of sit down and think right um, there's three of us that tend to always make the ladies team on the decathlon and then we always kind of encourage that fourth swimmer to do as many events as they can do the um the six categories yeah um so we can aim for the top spot again yeah Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, and we the decathlon's something we haven't really touched too much on on this podcast yet before so given that you're somebody who partakes every year do you want to just mm. explain exactly what's in what's included in that yeah, there's um, six categories. So sprint freestyle, uh, which is the 50, 100, 200 freestyle. Then you've got the distance category, which is four, eight and 1500. 
Um, and then you do the other strokes, the breaststroke, backstroke, butterfly. And then the last category is medley. So you have six categories and you have up to two events that qualify towards your like grand total of points um, for each of them. So I can get three qualifying swims on the breaststroke. I could only get a maximum of two, um, which makes it just makes you kind of enter the events and swim the events that you might not want to do. So like backstroke for me. Um, and 400 freestyle, but it goes towards your sort of grand total of points. Mm. Um, so it encourages you to kind of spread out and do other events, yeah. And, and can you race those as many times as you want all year round and it would be your best yeah. times that get put forward? Yeah, it's your fastest times in that, yeah. No, that's so, brilliant, that's brilliant. And, and I assume that's, that's something great. that you're aiming for again this year? Yeah, I've done my 400 free, haven't done brilliant. any backstroke <laughs> yet, so <laughs> got that ticked off. Um so yeah, I'll be doing some backstroke at some point um, when I feel like it. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, I read something really interesting. I think it was on your Instagram bio and it said something like you you love swimming and mm. then you hate running unless it's for a good cause. Um, yeah, oh my <laughs> word. I just, I just wanted to sort of, um, not so much the running, but more in the swimming, you know, it really comes across how much you love them. I and mean, you've just been talking about the decathlon mm. there. You've got all these records. You're also a swimming teacher. Um, yeah. and that's your, that's your job, which is, which is awesome. Mm. So I, I guess my question for you really is like, what, what does swimming mean to you? Um, it means a lot. I mean, I didn't really sort of, um, I, I got into it as a kid. I didn't really take it that seriously until I went to secondary school. But I've always kind of come back to it. I've tried other things. It's just, there's, I, I feel like there's nothing, nothing compares to being in the water. It kind of, um, and I kind of speak to parents, I speak to teachers about this as well. That when you're in the water, all your senses are pretty much switched off. You can kind of, so now you you can focus on what you're doing when you're swimming well you're not fighting the water you're flowing through the water as well it's that whole thing of like when i run it's just like it's hell it's kind of <laughs> you have to just really push yourself and you can't cruise you can't um you can't relax and stretch out with swimming it's just like it you're you're just flowing through the water rather than fighting so it's it's that whole feeling um when you're in the water that I just I just kind of I have to come back to it so mm -hmm. no that sounds yeah. really good so I mean an, an obvious question really but do you do you really consider swimming as part of your personal identity yeah because I mean I've tried to I've tried to stop swimming but I've always come back to it because like I say it's just it it really helps when you can zone out and mm. you can just enjoy the feeling of swimming yeah why, why have you tried to stop um, just because I thought, like, get on with life and um, <laughs> have a social life. You know, when I I, I retired from sort of full-time swimming um, after 2012 Olympic trials, so like 11 years ago, and I was like, right, I'm going to start running, I'm going to start doing other things, and I'm just going to enjoy life. And then it was sort of thinking, thinking like, actually, I still quite, I miss swimming. I miss just being in the water and but I've been able to now fit it in round everything in life. So yeah. around work, social life. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, I think it'll always be there as long as I can, I can put one, one foot in front of the other, I'll be able to swim. So 
Mm. No, it's, it's, it sounds like you um, just have a natural belonging, really, which is which is lovely, and it's great that you've been mm. able to fit it into your into your life. So you talk about, yeah, you know, you gave up full time swimming after the twenty twelve Olympic trials. How, mm. how many times a week are you swimming now, on an average? Um, at the moment, not much, not enough. Um, I try and average about two, maybe three sessions a week. Um, because I mean, I'm in the water like thirty odd hours a week doing work it's it's quite difficult to then fit um my own swimming in so yeah sometimes i hit three sessions a week um but most of the time it's two so it's just kind of um getting myself to training as well which is the difficult bit um, yeah 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 i seem to be able to get away with it not being able to do much training so do you think that's because yeah. of the volume that you maybe put in when you were younger um i don't know i think I think I still keep myself in good shape. I'm sort of, since I was like late teens, I've been this height, this body weight, this cut, you know, my body hasn't changed much. So I kind of, I'm quite physical anywhere in life with my work, with um, just out things outside of training. I, I keep myself in good shape. So I think that's, and technically um, I'm probably quite good so that then means i don't have to put as much training in um so yeah mm. and get away with it yeah well, i want to explore that a bit actually because um you are a swimming teacher so yeah. cl- clearly teaching teaching people to swim as opposed to teach people to swim fast mm. is what you do so i assume you're teaching literally beginners you know children yeah. as they kind of go through the through the stages yeah i i teach i mean i used to coach but i prefer prefer teaching i i teach three-year-olds up to sort of early teens Mm. um and um yeah from real beginners kids screaming because they hate swimming (laughs) pool um you've got to kind of it's a psychological side of things as well it's a very scary thing to do and it's a very kind of getting a kid to put their face in is a big Mm. challenge but then also getting a kid to understand that um taking a time going slow actually makes you go faster mm. so get yeah because they just think right i'm off splash down the pool apps yeah big a splash. million miles an hour and then yeah. they're like i can't breathe and you <laughs> tell, yeah you get them to swim nicely and smoothly and then they realize that actually good swimming is a lot easier mm. um and slowing down is actually better mm. um yeah in any in any job you know certainly in any job i've ever had there's there's always got to be that that thing that hook that just which makes you think oh i really love this mm. what, what, is, what is it about swimming teaching that you really love well it's it's taking those kids that are absolutely petrified um and then giving them that confidence and then seeing them kind of throwing themselves around and absolutely loving their swimming um and coming on poolside with like massive smile on their face uh, because they love swimming it's not just about kind of getting the badges and doing the distances but they actually love coming in and learning about sort of how to move in water and having that confidence and um I'm very much like when I teach I try and get them to think about what they're doing and why things are good and why why they've sort of progressed rather than me always telling them like brilliant job excellent and kind of having the parents give them thumbs up it's they kind of think about how they're doing in the water and um, giving themselves 
their own confidence mm. yeah so yeah, that's that sounds that's fascinating massive thing for me yeah that's brilliant. confidence yeah so i mean would you would you like with with a, with a child are you always aiming to sort of get them to a place where they could potentially join a club because they're ready is that or do you see yourself as being a um, feeder or are you, are you quite happy to just say i'm quite happy I, I understand that some kids are competitive and like we get kids that are technically amazing, but they don't want to go to a swimming club. Um, we get kids that aren't great technically, but they want to compete. So it's like if you've got that competitive side, then I'll always encourage them to go to a swim school, a swim club. Um, but my my biggest thing is just to get them confident in the water to get them to enjoy swimming as like a way of fitness. Um, um, yeah, if they want to join a club, they it's like go for it. I mean, I when I learned to swim, I never thought I'd join a swimming club. Um, it's just something I happened to kind of fall into. So, yeah, yeah. When yeah. when when you're swimming yourself, then um, given that you are a swimming teacher and that you're always. Mm you know, t- talking through the technique, you know, do you find yourself in training always tuning in to your technique and thinking about all of the elements yeah. of your stroke? Are you, are you very technically minded like that? I am. I am. So I will actually, I will actually like do sometimes like the coach has said, do this for warm up, And I'm like, I have to do something else. I have to do the technical side of things. I have to go through that. Mm. Um, yeah. So I kind of, I am really into the technical side of things mm. and like every stroke, you, you kind of, you can't really go into a session and just go straight into swimming um, and swimming fast. It's like, you have to build up to that. You have to do the skills, uh, the body position stuff. Yeah. So I'm massively into that. Mm. Um, so sometimes I go do my own sessions at Hampton and you'll get, I don't want to say just triathletes, but you'll get you'll get members of the public just saying, "Why are you doing? Why are you doing doggy paddle? Why are you doing like <laughs> that drill where your shoulders are moving?" And I'm like, because I'm a swimmer and I know like the technical side of things, yeah. and it's what you got to do. You can't just swim up and down to get better. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a really really fascinating um, thing this because I had Kerry Ann Payne on the podcast a few weeks ago who yeah. who said that you know in her opinion drills and skills are they're not pointless but for her it's about putting the volume in and then speaking yeah. to you it's, it's speaking to you it sounds very very different you're, you're all about well, the, we're different the athletes and, sure. she's very much a distance swimmer yeah. um and I think she did medley but she tended to stick to freestyle whereas yeah. I mean I'm a sprinter the faster you go the more your flaws are highlighted mm. so it's not about your aerobic capacity yeah it's about minimizing drag it's about um being as stable as you can in the water because the faster you go it's like formula one cars the faster mm-hmm. you go um the more aerodynamic your, the car's got to be so you can't be wiggling and wobbling and lifting your head um on a 50 freestyle you can't you can't have those technical flaws mm-hmm. so yeah you kind of it's a different different sort of way of training for sprinters as it, as it is for distance swimmers yeah it's very true. I'm about a yeah. third of the way through the book Chasing Water, which is um, Anthony Irvin's memoirs. The book was actually uh, yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. The book was out prior to his gold medal in 2016. Not, not long before, actually. Oh, okay. And, and in, yeah. I remember when I, because I only got the book for Christmas this year, and I remember when I when I 
asked for the book for Christmas, I thought it's a bit of a shame he didn't wait until after the Olympics because then that could have changed the yeah. whole narrative. But actually, or add a little chapter. Add a little chapter, but but yeah. actually reading it, it's it's really not about his gold medals. It, no. it, so actually, I don't necessarily think it would have made a difference it coming out after. But what's what's mm. really interesting with that book, I don't know if you've read it or if anybody listened to this no. has read it, but it's... I didn't even know it existed. Oh, it's... Would, you, yeah. you, you would absolutely love it. It's so fascinating, his mm. his his general mindset around how and, and he, he references Natalie Coughlin as well mm. and how she's also very similar mindset. He is so technical and he would often take himself away from the group because he didn't just want to slog up and down. He wanted to feel everything and, and, yeah. and, and, and he just, he was constantly experimenting and, and, it, mm. You know, it kind of shows still images of him. And, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube now, you can see his hand position as he enters the water is yeah. stunning. It's, I, his, ne- his swim speed, I think he came back for London, uh, made the finals, but his mm. swim speed was wet. You could see, like, his dive was not great. Exactly, um, yeah. And he was coming up behind everyone, but his swim speed was phenomenal. So, mm. yeah, it just shows, like, yeah, you've got to have that attention to detail as a sprinter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he 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 says that he spends every single second training thinking about all of the elements. But when he races, mm. he's able to clear his mind. Yeah. So are, are, yeah. are you the same when you're racing? Are yeah. you able to not think about things? It's it's that whole thing of like you you do it so many times in training how you want to race it, but when you come to a race, it's you don't have to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that whole thing like. When I used to train for 50 freestyle, it was, it was, I knew exactly when I needed to breathe. I breathe at 35 meters. So in a race, I'd just be head down, head down, head down, take a breath, head down, head down, finish. Um, so yeah, it comes, it's like second nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's but brilliant. that's like when, when people have their sort of amazing swims, a lot of the time they just don't know how it happens. They don't remember how, what they thought about, um, yeah, it just it kind of happens because mm. you're so well trained. Yeah, so, that's fascinating. Uh, would you yeah. say your uh, short course or long course? Um, I'd say short course. Now I used to be long course. Like when I competed full time, um, I used to be a lot better. Well, yeah, I I was decent long course. Um, but now, yeah, short course. It's kind of yeah, just ping backwards and forwards. Yeah. No, no, fair enough. So, you know, we've established obviously that you you like to to take take part in the decathlon, and you you know you race lots of different events. So, in terms of your training, then how how do you kind of manage? How do you manage your training? Do you just chuck in random when you train on your own? I'm talking about here. Do you just sort of create these random sets, or do you do you try yeah. and target it so that you're covering all the strokes and a certain amount of distance on each? Or how? Does I, it kind of I would always I'd always go through most of the strokes. Um, I often sort of miss out backstroke um, it, for various reasons. Like, A, I don't particularly like it. <laughs> but in a public session, if you're doing backstroke, it can be quite um, tricky if you're catching people up, but you can't see them. Mm-hmm. And then also at Hampton, when I do my own sessions, it, it can be so sunny that you can't see where you're going. So I would always do very steady stuff on my back, never really sprint it um but no training wise i i always try and sort of hit every single stroke um but then maybe focus more on freestyle and breaststroke um on the main set like going sort of max effort or 
doing whatever I needed to do on the main set, I'd do it on those two strokes. So, mm. Mm. do you um try and train in a you know or do you try and train up your aerobic capacity or, or are you one of these people who likes to swim really slow with your technique and mm. then really fast putting it into race practice? Yeah, yeah. For, slow for and then fast. I I've never been great aerobically, so. I remember moving to when I went to Bath Uni, just being absolutely kind of um, healing as well. Just everyone would just swim away from me. We'd do <laughs> sort of sets of hundreds, two hundreds, four hundreds, and I could not keep up. So my aerobic capacity, I think, because I came to swimming so late, uh, maybe wasn't built up enough. I sort of joined a big club uh, when I was about fifteen, so maybe I just haven't built up my aerobic capacity maybe I don't have it um so sort of training wise I'd always prefer the max effort sessions the the short speed mm-hmm. um those kind of things lactate production um anything where I could just go flat out I loved it so when you when you were training full-time what sort of hours and meters were you doing a week there um I, I try and aim for sort of eight, nine sessions a week in the pool. Um, maybe sort of two or three land training sessions. Um, well, I was probably doing about 40K. I think my, um, yes, because some of the sessions we'd do would be kind of assisted cord work or resisted cord work. So we wouldn't really do much in the way of meters, mm-hmm. but it was it was good quality stuff. Um but yeah, I've always had to be careful because um, I just always get ill. I mean, I'm ill now. I was ill at Christmas, so it's kind of like um, I, I'm very susceptible to illness. So if I overdid it, then I'd always be suffering the next week um, with a cold or something. So yeah, I, I didn't sort of do as much as everyone else did, but um, I still did a fair amount, I guess. Yeah, no, that that's really interesting, and and again, everybody everybody's bodies are different, different genetics, all mm. this kind of stuff. And some some people respond really well, don't they, to sixty yeah. seventy k a week. Some people, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's been sort of well documented on this podcast. Now, I wasn't a swimmer at a big club as a kid at all, so mm. the most I ever did really was about four sessions, because to me, swimming was something I did alongside other hobbies. Yeah. So yeah, I you know, I was trying to work this out the other day. I reckon the most I ever swam per week was probably about 12k yeah um so i'm 30 now so the, the thought of me suddenly trying to do 20k a week even i think it just wrecked yeah. me because i've just never done it before <laughs> so i think for me yeah 10 10k is probably but you know mentally as much as physically really feels about my limit um mm. but but then there are other people that i know that i talk to master swimmers and they, they love hitting 20 plus k a week because it just makes them feel great um yeah so it's just interesting different mentalities isn't yeah it? it's kind of like if you can fit that in it's great i mean mm. yeah i'd love to be hitting that i've t- i mean i i think i barely get over 10k a week in um I think when actually when we were in the first lockdown, I actually did more swimming than I normally did because we just went in the river and we were doing 5Ks, sort of four or five K two or four times a week. So, yeah, it's um, no, I, I think like you could probably build up to that. You could probably sort of start adding in sessions and build up to that. But 
yeah, it does take up a lot of your time, especially if you're doing other sports as well. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So let's talk about Teddington then, because that, that's the club that you compete for. And they're, they're not a club that we've really talked about much on this podcast yeah. before. So, they, I mean, they're a massive club and they've got loads of loads of training time available, some at various yeah. different pools. So, so I mean, t- tell me a bit about the club. Yeah, I think we've got about 10 or 11 sessions um, a week, various different pools. We have like and this baffles people, we have lunchtime sessions <laughs> because I think a lot of people work from home and they can just, they can be flexible with their working. They can come over for a lunchtime swim. Um, and um, we've got evening sessions as well and a couple of mornings. Um, but you can pay, like I'll pay for two sessions a week and I can pick any two I want as long as they're not full. Um, but yeah, we have, we have, quite a lot of flexibility which which is why I think we attract a lot of swimmers to the to the club because we just we have that flexibility we can do that yeah that sounds absolutely fabulous and and there's a mm. you know there's a few clubs that that I've swam for as a master swimmer now that don't offer many sessions a week um so mm. it's quite, you know it's quite restrictive but also um one particular club that I've I've I swam with for a few weeks um you either paid the full amount or or, mm. no- or nothing and, and if you didn't yeah. want to commit to that many sessions it was tough you still had to pay that price yeah. and so I, I wasn't I knew I wouldn't swim that many times a week especially because you know one of the sessions was like a Friday night nine till ten mm. one was a Sunday evening half five and I thought well that that's that's the heart of my weekend <laughs> you know I don't really yeah. want to be swimming so I, yeah. so, so I, I didn't join the club in the end which was a real shame but it sounds brilliant and flexible well, we, at I mean we've got sort of similar session times but then because we have such a variety and you're paying for x number it's like I went training last night so I went training on a Sunday evening 6 30 till 8 7 30 um we do have Friday evenings 9 till 10 a lot of our sessions finish at 10 o'clock but because you're not forced to kind of pay for everything. Um, it becomes it more means, of a choice, doesn't it? Yeah, it just means that, like, I mean, I tend to go see family on Sunday, yeah. so I, I'm not back until gone sort of 7 o'clock. Um, but if on the off chance I do have a Sunday where I'm doing nothing or I'm in the area, I can go to that session. So it does make it more flexible. I've heard of uh, a few clubs that will just make you pay for everything yeah um yeah regardless of whether you can make them or not so mm. Mm, it's a shame yeah mm. how, how long have you been part of Teddington so Teddington Masters since 2016 um but Teddington Swimming Club I I joined as a, an 11 year old uh, in 1996 brilliant. and I've kind of always gone back to it I've kind of I started there kind of realized I was actually quite good at swimming went off to Hillingdon during my A-levels when I needed to focus more on my swim at my studies and swimming I came back to Teddington went to uni hated that came back after a year came back to Teddington um and then spent six years at Ealing because um I kind of found my fit and that was that was working really well for me but when I retired um guy called Ed Sinclair was coaching at Teddington in the age group program and he needed a like a junior assistant coach and I just sort of fell into that role and that brought me back to Teddington and I started competing for them again and had plans to quit swimming but still had my still had national times Mm -hmm. so 
some arena league, qualified for nationals again, and just thought, oh, I'll keep doing this, arena league, nationals, arena league, nationals, and um, yeah, just kept going. And then I stopped coaching, so I didn't, I didn't train with the age group program. Had a few months off, start of 2016, and then decided to join. So one of my best friends has always swam at Teddington. That's how I know him. Um, he was like, oh, we're doing a meet in Gloucester. Do you want to come along? Um, and so and I was, I'd signed up to the Dart 10K that year, 2016. Um, so I was like, okay, I need to do a bit of training. So I trained with the public. And then my friend, he was like, we're doing this meet and went along and loads of master swimmers from Teddington were there. Um, and so I thought I'll come train with them and um, did European Masters at, in London, just did some relays with them. And then it kind of, I enjoyed the social side. So I thought I'll keep going with them and um, have been with them ever since. So, yeah. That sounds fantastic. And are yeah. there any are there any coaches that still are still there from your childhood? Um, no, but every time I think um so Carol and Dave Butler were my sort of original coaches at Teddington and um Carol was kind of like the, the big part of me still swimming. So I came back from uni and, and I didn't want to swim anymore. Um I was really sort of mentally and physically drained from that year from that experience um and she was the head coach at Teddington at the time and she was just like well come in if you can manage half an hour that's fine um she was quite happy for me to kind of do do the warm-up and go um and then she sort of slowly brought me back um and then like a year and a half later I was getting sort of senior national medals um under her sort of coaching so yeah she was she was a massive part so I every now and then I see her on poolside saw her at Bracknell saw her at Crawley so we always have a little catch-up chat and yeah so it's good that sort of people like her I can she's she's still going in the swimming arena so Mm -hmm. yeah oh that's brilliant that's brilliant so it, it sounds it sounds like you've maybe found your perfect kind of medium now in terms of the amount of the amount that you train it's not too much it's not too little you can still achieve Mm. great results do do you feel like you're in a good place with it all now um at the moment no it's it's kind of it's um like the last few years obviously it's with lockdown it's been it's not been particularly um like consistent but I've just been finding like the last six months have been quite difficult because of various things outside of swimming really um so it's just kind of it's going back to I I feel like I need to go back to my technical side yeah um do a few sessions a few more sessions on my own and just be able to kind of get my head back into it and then um hopefully by the end of the year I'll be swimming a bit faster Mm. um yeah it's kind of at the moment it I'm not where I want to be so yeah massively um but yeah, I, I'll figure a way. I always manage to figure a way. I always have these years where I'm like, don't know what's going on. Um, but you find, I always find my fit. So yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. So, so what are your targets for this year then, competitively? Um, it's it's the whole thing of like it's the last year in this age group. So set as many 
records as I can. Um, I did say that when I moved up an age group, yeah, I'm going to get world records and feel like I jinxed it a bit because <laughs> that hasn't happened. Um, but yeah, just, just see how many records I can break um, and across as many um, disciplines as I can. Um, and um, yeah, just see just see how fast I can keep going. Brilliant. When's your next competition? Um, haven't actually entered anything. It's it's um it's an interesting one because this year everything that so I work on a Saturday, so it kind of wipes out competitions on a Saturday unless they're late on in the day and close by. Um, all the Sunday meets I'd normally go to Gloucester and Erith, they clash with other things. So it's like I know a lot of people that are doing the London Marathon, so I'm going to be there cheering, cheering my friends on. I've got a wedding, so um, I'm off. I miss Erith, and I'm there thinking, when am I going to next race? So I haven't entered anything yet. I'll probably do the London regions for the for the age groupers. Um, see if I can qualify for nationals again um, in the summer, and then long course nationals for masters and then hopefully hopefully i can pick up a masters meet somewhere before that um so i can get a bit of race practice but yeah at the moment it's kind of there's nothing really i can enter <laughs> at the moment everything's on a saturday um a miles away so yeah i i'm not entirely sure yeah, well, I'm sure you'll find something coming up soon. And, um, yeah. you know, obviously when you do, I'm sure that will kind of get you mentally refocused with it all as well, which mm. uh, which sounds like it's what you need. But, um, yeah. no, listen, thank you very much. I really enjoyed that that yeah, chat. And um, no, f- so fascinating to hear about how technical of a swimmer you are. Because, I, you know, I always think yeah. it's, it's um, probably the mo- majority of master swimmers, you know, yes, they like to compete, but they're in it to to keep the fitness up and i just love that you're just a, a pure swimming yeah. lover and, and i just think that's fa- fascinating yeah i mean you should see me in like when i used to train at ealing if if i missed my hand entry i'd have a massive <laughs> i'd have a meltdown yeah. i'm very much like i get so frustrated perfectionist it's yeah hugely it's all about yeah. feel it's all about flow so for me yeah but i see i mean i see some of my old teammates and i see sort of the swimmers that came from a swimming background and you see them warming up and you see how different they are to the other swimmers and just how technical they are. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, I guess we've been trained that way as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. Well, fantastic. Yeah, and absolutely. I have to say, I think, um, if it helps, I think this podcast has flowed lovely as well. So, uh, so thank you very much for that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's I'm sure I'll see you. Uh, yeah, no, fun. no, it definitely has, but it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I'm sure I'll see you at a competition soon. Yes. Hopefully. Brilliant. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Cheers.